Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone, and a very warm welcome to episode number 44. If you're in the UK, then I hope that you are enjoying the warmer weather and that you've had a lovely bank holiday weekend. We went to London for 24 hours, staying near Covent Garden and had an amazing time. The kids almost grown up now, went off and did their own thing and Jonathan and I were able to sit outside in cafes and bars talking, soaking up the sun and watching the world go by. It was so good to be out and about but it's made me yearn for more of it. We also had a couple of amazing meals out and it made me think that eating out would be a good topic for this episode. So today I'm talking to you about everything to do with eating when you're not preparing your own meals to have at home. So I'm talking about eating out in restaurants as a part of a social occasion, dining in others' homes, eating on the go when traveling for work or entertaining, all the things that you've maybe not had to think about for quite a long while. But before I dive in and share some ideas to help you, I want you to ask yourself, how do you think eating out helps or hinders your relationship with food and your weight loss? If you're sat somewhere listening to this and you're able to grab a pen and paper, then I encourage you to hit pause and write down your answer. The answers to this question, and you may need to dig deep and ask yourself why you think what you think to really uncover what's going on for you, are the reasons why some of you may find eating out challenging when it comes to eating how you want to. It's not the eating out that makes things difficult, but it's going to be your mindset, the thoughts that you have on default about what eating out means. For me, Eating out used to mean an opportunity to eat all the things that I usually denied myself. The more significant the occasion, the more reason I had to eat the entire three courses, for example. Eating out used to feature as a significant part of my holidays, but I would find myself overeating to excess, to the point that I would feel exhausted walking back to wherever I was staying, and I'd have to lie down in discomfort because either the volume of what I had eaten was just too much, or because I was suffering with some sort of indigestion. It was really no fun, and yet I would do it all over again the next night. And I'm observing my brain, eating out as I am after so many months of not being able to, trying to convince me that I really should make the most of whatever food I don't usually eat that is all of a sudden available to me. My primal brain thinks I've suffered. My primal brain can be a bit dramatic. It thinks I've suffered for not having all of these foods for so long, and that I deserve them. I've noticed myself wanting to have, for example, those like almond contucci biscuits that you get in coffee shops, or cocktails in bars. And of course, with the sun being out last weekend, there was the thoughts that I should have some ice cream too. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. And invariably, if I do, I am disappointed. They don't taste as good as I think that they should. The thing is, whilst I was telling myself I haven't had all of these things because we've not been going out, the truth is, even before lockdown, I wasn't having them anyway, because they weren't on my food framework. 
I would have had a flavoured gin and slimline tonic, which I would have enjoyed much more than a sugar-laden, overly sweet cocktail. I would have savoured my coffee without the biscuit. And I would have chosen to have had ice cream, when I wanted one, from my favourite local ice cream shop, which makes lovely ice cream. Instead of the one that was not great, because it's just the one that happened to be in the shop that I was passing on the weekend and decided to have in the spur of the moment. The good thing is that I'm observing myself as I make these choices, as I make choices that I later regret, and I'm choosing to learn from them and laugh at myself a little, rather than be annoyed and frustrated. Okay, so here are some practical tips that can help you when you're eating out. Okay, firstly, number one, I want to think about eating out in restaurants. Offer to take care of booking the restaurant so that you can choose one if you can. Then look at the menus of the different restaurants and choose one that has food that you think will be delicious and is most aligned with your food framework. Take the time to really research the restaurants local to you and create a short list of go-to restaurants that will work well for you, how you want to be eating. And as you do this, observe your thinking. If you notice thoughts that create feelings of frustration or missing out, you have an opportunity to work on your mindset and get it aligned with what you truly want. If you're not able to choose the restaurant, then look at the menu as a part of your weekly food planning and decide what you're going to have and write it down. Then when you get there, don't look at the menu again. Limit opportunities for your primal brain to convince you to have something that you think will give you more food pleasure. Because remember, your primal brain is wrong a lot of the time. If you're eating out more than once during the week, you might want to decide to stick to your food framework for some meals and indulge a little more for just one of them. When you look at the whole week in advance, you can make decisions that will be aligned with what you want to see reflected on the scales or how you want to feel in your body. Once you've decided how you want to be eating, get really honest with yourself about what the consequences will be likely to be if you don't usually eat bread and you decide you will have some. Check in first and ask yourself if you usually retain water when you eat bread and if you do expect to see an increase or no loss on the scales and be comfortable with that. It's absolutely fine but just don't be surprised when you see the results of how you've eaten because what happens then is we can sometimes end up eating differently to how we want to. It's when we make food choices forgetting that they might lead to a result we particularly don't want that it becomes a problem because we then have to be careful not to use that against ourselves and sabotage all of our efforts out of frustration. Number two, think about if you are eating out because you're traveling or just outside of the home for an extended period of time. So you're not eating because it's a special occasion, but maybe you're just grabbing something to keep you going. Again, if at all possible, plan this in advance. Now, if you're fat adapted, so fat adapted is when your hunger hormones, insulin, ghrelin and leptin are balanced. Now, if you're fat adapted and your body is efficient at using your own body fat as a fuel and energy source, then if you're going to be home an hour or maybe a little bit later for lunch than usual, it's totally not going to be a problem. And your body will be using that onboard energy supply to keep you going until you can have whatever it is that you planned. If you're not fat adapted because your diet has been high in added sugars and refined carbohydrates, then you may find you're really quite hungry and you're going to want to avoid getting too hungry so that it doesn't lead to grabbing foods that you later regret and overeat. Of course, you always have the option of taking food with you. Depending on what you're doing, this may or may not work for you. If it can work for you, then treat yourself to a really nice lunch bag and a water bottle and those little ice blocks and maybe pop a nice paper napkin in there too. 
Create yourself a packed lunch that feels like self-love. Don't throw it together at the last minute, grabbing what you can from the fridge and ending up some, with something that is so unappetizing, you're likely to not have it and grab something from the corner shop or garage instead. If you're working in a city that you don't live in, look up where you want to get your lunch from if you're going to be buying it out in advance of you being there. Have some go-to options from the local supermarket or the supermarket where you're going or Pret-a-Manger or Marks and Spencers, whatever is available to you. Again, plan ahead what you will do and what you will have, because when you're planning, you're using a different part of your brain than when you decide in the moment. When you're planning, you're using your human part of your brain, which is far better at making executive level decisions. Number three, let's talk about being entertained. Now, this can cause some challenges because you don't just have your relationship with food to focus on. You also have your relationship with the person or the people hosting. This is worth thinking about ahead of time. Notice if you have concerns over saying no thank you foods that you may be offered and ask yourself why. Is it that you don't want to offend the host or is it that you don't want to draw attention to yourself or is it for another reason? You're going to want to explore and uncover everything and again I mean your thoughts here that may get in the way of you eating how you truly want to. You might notice that when you're visiting friends you're more or less comfortable expressing what you truly want than when you're with your family for example. Really dig in and explore why. Ask yourself what's going on for you. Be prepared to question any beliefs that you uncover, such as it's wrong to decline food that someone has spent hours preparing. Notice if you think saying no is being rude, for example. Number four, I encourage you to think about creating positive experiences and connection with people in non-food ways. Food has become such a social crutch and a social enhancer we sometimes find it difficult to enjoy what we want to enjoy about the occasion without the food. Again, this is something I encourage you to be curious about. Something I encourage you to notice as you are socialising more. If you've not caught up with a friend for years or months, and so you tell yourself it warrants having cake with your coffee because you've not seen her for so long, really ask yourself if the cake will make the experience better. When we eat, we tend to sort of check out of the experience a little, to enjoy savouring the cake. If you're spending time with a precious friend, what would it be like to stay fully conscious, to enjoy the opportunity to connect and listen and share and laugh without a layer of cake pleasure? Is it possible that the experience can be better without the cake? Now know that your primal brain will tell you it isn't. Your primal brain will tell you that get together would be, or definitely better, with cake. And I want you to consider that the thoughts offered to you by your primal brain are flawed and you can challenge them because they're often wrong. But you may also want to proactively think about how you can create positive emotion in non-food ways. If when you take your children or your grandchildren to the park on sunny days, you always treat them to an ice cream and then you end up having one with them, think about other things that you can do instead. If there are ducks, feed the duck. Look for all the positive and fun things that you can do that don't revolve around food. Number five, I want you to remember that everything is a learning opportunity. Reflect back on each eating out occasion and see what worked and what didn't work for you. It's as important to notice and reflect on what worked than it is to notice and reflect on what didn't. You're going to want to reinforce the part of your mindset that worked for you as much as you want to evaluate and understand and tweak the parts that don't. And finally, remember, it's all about the long game and balance. When you're figuring out a way to eat that works for you, you're looking to find the balance between eating for fuel 
and nourishment and eating for comfort and pleasure and celebration that creates the results you want in your life. The results of how healthy you feel in your body, of feeling energised because the foods that you're eating work for you, as well as the clothes size that you wear or the number on the scale that you see. When you're not creating the results that you want, you have an opportunity to learn and understand yourself better. Don't let that opportunity go to waste. I also want to offer that eating out doesn't have to always equate to the comfort and pleasure and celebration part that eating for balance of the equation. You can totally eat out and enjoy eating out whilst you're focused on eating for fuel and nourishment. I now find it easier to manage my weight, even lose weight when I am on holiday or traveling for work. I've practiced and failed so much that I know exactly what restaurants to go to, what food outlets work for lunch on the go, all of these things. And I really enjoy those foods too, both because they taste good and because I'm not having to plan, shop, prepare, cook, and then clean up. And I love traveling and being out and about, whether for work or for a holiday. And I get lots of feel-good emotions from that, that I have zero need to turn to food to feel better. Now, does that mean I always eat healthily and that I never have dessert? Absolutely not. And as I said earlier, I still eat foods that I later regret, but I don't make it mean something has gone wrong. I just observe and reflect and learn and remind myself that these foods my primal brain thinks are a good idea often aren't, and that's okay. And with that, I want to wish you an amazing week. Take care until next time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning supported by twice weekly live calls and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six month lose weight, live life, group coaching, mastermind intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.